0: Hello, Clear Skies Ahead listeners. This is Kelly Savoy, and I'm hoping you can take a moment of your time to rate and review our show wherever you listen to podcasts. We have produced over 60 episodes, and you can help us reach even more individuals that will benefit from the diverse experiences shared by our guests. Thanks so much for listening, and I hope you enjoy this new episode. Welcome to the American Meteorological Society's podcast series, Clear Skies Ahead, conversations about careers in meteorology and beyond. I'm Kelly Savoy, and I'm here with Emma Collins and will be your hosts. We're excited to give you the opportunity to step into the shoes of an expert working in weather, water, and climate sciences.
1: We're happy to introduce today's guest, Kayla Hudson, a recent meteorology graduate of Jackson State University. Welcome, Kayla. Thanks so much for joining us. Thank you
2: guys for having me.
1: Kayla, could you tell us a little
0: bit about what got you interested in meteorology and how it influenced your educational path?
2: So I knew I wanted to do something in science um, as a related career choice due to my father being a civil engineer and all of my science fair projects growing up being centered around engineering or either meteorological settings like wind farms and things like that. And I also know that I have a need to want to be overly prepared and control everything, especially (laughs) since my family, especially since my family's home was destroyed during Katrina. From there, like, even though I was like, I think I was like four or maybe three, but I still remember it. And um, in high school, I just began to focus more on some accelerated science and math classes.
1: And what were some of the deciding factors in choosing to attend Jackson State University?
2: So, Jackson State is the only HBCU in Mississippi that offers a meteorology program. And even until 2008, so a little bit over three decades ago, we were the only HBCU ever that first started with a meteorology program. And it was really important for me to attend at HBCU since only 3.7% of meteorologists are Black, and I wanted to be surrounded by others. And even pioneers in the meteorology industry, such as Vivian Brown or Derricka Carroll, all started off at Jackson State. So I wanted to just be a part of that number. It's great that you um you had that
0: interest early on in high school and you knew which courses that you needed to take that were going to help you once you um you know established that meteorology major at Jackson State. And so, what opportunities did you pursue inside and outside
2: of school that you knew would be beneficial to securing a job? So, As crazy as it may sound, I pursued a minor in marketing, which is totally unrelated, but I feel like it was best paired with my meteorology degree because I was able to attend workshops and career fairs that my peers weren't able to. Their opportunities were more so science-related, and this opened up a whole new world for me. It gave me direct access to private sector companies and big corporations that were often looking for interns and brand ambassadors that led to job offers um, from them, which, again, a whole new world. And outside of school, you know, I never stopped networking. I never stopped participating in organizations that had me traveling to conferences and things like that in my free time speaking at events in the community and, you know, it's not every day that you meet a meteorology major. So I was always their go-to girl.
0: Yeah. And I mean, marketing, those skills are really important regardless of what type of position, you know, you end up with because, you know, every, every organization is doing social media and writing. Mm -hmm. And, um, I think that's a, that's an excellent minor, um, that was a smart move, in my opinion.
1: <laughs> I absolutely agree as, a, as an English major myself. Um, so as you mentioned, so you had participated in many internships and volunteer activities. Um, what experiences, though, did you find the most useful in helping you gain career building skills?
2: You know, I when I think about that, the only experience that comes to mind is my internship with Nestis, And it was the most rewarding thing that I've ever done. I spent so many days confused and just sad, sick to my stomach over coding. (laughs) But it's nothing more satisfying than just finishing something that you don't think that you could. And it gave me the much needed skill for my future career to continue to push myself and remain on time for everything and just practice time management. And it also gave me real experience for working an eight to four job daily because it's something I had never done before. And... You know, it takes a lot of patience and a lot of snacks, but I was able to get through the days and the summer went by very quick. I was going to say it
0: sounds really interesting, like and really hands on.
2: Yes. And there wasn't anything. It was more so hands on. Um, I do know that the research project, it was more so like just to see how effective one of their satellites that they already had was. And so it was really monumental in our research at the end. I think we just found out it was like basically kind of just inconclusive, but inconclusive results are important, too, because it shows like, you know, you can't do anything more. So it prevents research from being done on that end. But and I also did some um, data assimilation, artificial intelligence work, too, which was really cool, because at that point in time in 2020, it wasn't being talked about as heavily as it is now.
0: And what other, um, did you do any other internships or volunteer activities while you were in um, school?
2: Yes. So um, I actually did an internship with NOAA and um, Howard University, and it was funded by um, MSI EPP. And there I did, uh, my project was based on severe weather, and it was more so about um, intensity And heat flux changes for Hurricane Irma. And then I did the exact same project, but I switched it and did Hurricane um, Harvey when I did my internship with um, Department of Homeland Security. And while
0: you were at Jackson State, uh, could you tell us what some of the biggest successes
2: and challenges you encountered? So we'll start with challenges. So we end on a good note. Okay. So (laughs) um, my biggest challenge was the classes. Um, I have never, ever been good at math. Um, I think even in elementary school, I was struggling with timetables. So it's just a battle I never expected myself to get over. But I was able to get through calculus one, two, three, and four, and then differential equations. And that was a really, really, really hard thing for me to do. It seemed like every year I was struggling with some teacher always having to stay in when my friends were getting ready to go out, always in the books. But um, I realized it was just a mindset that I didn't necessarily have to be good at something. I just had to be persistent at trying to be good at it. And I think that's where like everything kind of shifted for me because I didn't necessarily mind studying then because I knew it was something that I needed to do. And um, my biggest success was that um, I At Jackson State, I prioritized myself more. For a long time, like in middle school and just in all sectors of life, I rooted myself in academic validation. And it's like if I didn't get an A, the entire world was over. But I didn't allow my grades to define me as a person in college. And I learned that failure is normal. And I was really involved in school and really involved in the community, but I still was able to graduate with the highest GPA. So in my class um, as a meteorology student. So it was worth it. Everything ended up working out for the better.
0: And did you um, you said you struggled a little bit with the math. Did they have tutoring and, and do you take advantage of any of those things while you were in school to help you get through the courses? Yes,
2: they got tired of me. I (laughs) went to tutoring. I went to tutoring every week. I went to tutoring. And then um, because our teachers will tell us like you have to spend. um, I think they would say you have to spend at least 15 hours a week studying. So I would go to tutoring and then I would make sure that I went to the teacher's office hours. And then in my free time, I would be studying or either on YouTube trying to see how they worked it out there. And then, you know, I had my own little study groups I would go to if they felt like studying. (laughs) But, <laughs> yeah,
0: well, that yeah. that's good that you took advantage of that and you didn't give up because we all know those math courses are very difficult, and I mean, for someone who you say who's not great with math to get through calculus one through three and differential
1: equations. Bravo. Good job. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely incredible. I so admire your tenacity and sticking with it. And even if it was something that was maybe a little frightening at first with math, you still stuck with it and you explored every avenue to help uh, get that under your belt. That's really awesome. Um,
2: Is there anything you wish you could have done differently while attending college? Um I really wish that I would have taken some classes in communications or had um yeah basically taken classes in communications And um, making a reel. A lot of times when I'm applying to the broadcast jobs, the first thing they ask for is Do you have a demo? Do you have a preview or like a reel or something like that? And now that I'm out of school, it's really hard to find a company that's or like a news channel that's willing to allow you to volunteer and um, give your time to them just to record (laughs) for your own benefit. So I wish I would have looked more into that. Because it's always good to be a well-rounded candidate. You know, even if you don't want to do broadcast, it's always good just to have.
0: And when you were doing the internships, it doesn't sound like you did any at any stations, at any broadcast stations. So did you, when did you decide that
2: you were interested in that? So actually, when I first came to Jackson State, I wanted to be a broadcast meteorologist. But our program is more so structured for research meteorology and operational meteorology. So um, and forecasting as well, heavily in forecasting. So I did not know it was different types of meteorology when I first came to Jackson State, but I learned very quickly. So I kind of got sucked into it. And now I want to do more forecasting and research. So. I don't know. Right now, I'm open to pretty much anything just because I'm a very versatile person, very easygoing. So I can be with anything and be happy. But I think that um, if I would have known, <laughs> I probably would have, you know, drifted off somewhere else.
0: So now that you graduated, speaking of the internships, what advice do you have for our student listeners who are looking to pursue internship and research opportunities at the undergraduate level, what were the steps that you went through to get those internships? How did you find the ones that you participated in?
2: Um, so I found majority of my internships through my advisors. Um, as they would get grants and as they would attach themselves like to certain colleges and certain organizations, they would always be like, hey, don't forget to look out for the JSU kids. Or they would be like, um, You guys, this place has OAR available, so go apply to that. Um, Personally, a lot of my internships came from being a part of NCASM. It's like an internship that is based at Howard University, but it's for minority serving institutions and it's funded by EPP as well. And um, the lady that's over it is Joanne Buddy, And a lot of my internships came from there. I got started there and did an internship called the Experiential Sophomore Program, I believe. And it started when I was a sophomore in college. And then from there, they introduced me to LaPenta. And I did LaPenta my junior year. And then my senior year, my teacher had a grant. So I think just making sure that you remain in contact with your teachers and also making sure that you're looking up the um, things that you want to do and seeing where the funding is. And also some advice that I would have, don't always go with what's the bigger internship. Sometimes the smaller internships can benefit you more than you would know. Um you probably are going to get pushed more because they have less people to deal with. But it's good for you. And to always be persistent and to dedicate as much time as you can to your work and do your work yourself because as much time as you put into it is as much as you'll get out of it. And also with internships, one thing I did, um, one summer I didn't know where I was going to go, but I think it's important that You apply to, you set like a limit, like, hey, I'm going to apply for two internships today, and then tomorrow I'm going to apply for two tomorrow. And I always suggest people just to go until they get at least three offers or two offers and then make the decision between there, because it's always good to have options.
1: And flashing forward a little bit now into your current job search, what have you found to be the most sought after skills for meteorology positions?
2: This was also a really good question. Um... The main skills that I've been seeing that have been most sought after would have to be like outside or like third party trainings as well as coding. Um, so I know that FEMA and National Weather Service have certifications and trainings that um, we could all do to get better at what we do. And I think that it's really important that you pad your resumes with that because they are looking for it and it is a section and Sometimes on this section, I have to leave it blank because I don't have any certifications to where that job is looking for. But in your free time, you know, you can take the test, you can do the certifications while you're still in college. So if you don't have an internship during the summer, that's something that's really important and it's free. You know, you can do it. You can go to your uh, local National Weather Service. And I think the FEMA ones are free too online. So explain
0: that a little bit more. So the FEMA and the National Weather Service, are they like, virtual courses where you just take them online and is it are you learning like is it a machine learning skills for coding
2: so national weather service i know that they have a bunch of different certifications they have one for like um learning how to do a weather balloon all the way up into um, even if you want to go into the aviation side they have something catered to i think um They have like a whole certification to go into the weather, the uh, weather aviation side. And that's like necessary. Like you have to get that in order to look at job opportunities. And none of like those two that I just talked about were not about coding. Um, They were just about like. Just learning how to operate the machinery, and I think that the aviation one is more towards uh, METAR data and learning how to decode that. So I think even if you don't get the certification, learning how to decode METAR data if you haven't got there yet is also really important because they're going to be looking for that. Um, But I know with FEMA, their certifications are more towards um, learning how to use and handle hazardous materials, um, you know, things like that, what to do with fire and smoke, how does fire and smoke um, affect the atmosphere. They have courses that relate to things like that. And then... Separately off from that, I have seen jobs that um, ask, "Hey, do you know how to use MATLAB? Do you know how to use Python? Do you know how to use C++ or R?" So even if you just watch like a YouTube video about how to use those things, you can still say you know how to use them, and just right. download it and go and play with it. It's just about you know putting yourself out there. So those are
0: the um, those are the machine learning skills that come up the most. The Python and what was the other one yes. C++ Yes, in midlab and also R. Well, that's great. And have you noticed that the jobs that you've been looking at it, do they require master's degrees, or are there plenty that are you you just can have an undergraduate degree in meteorology?
2: Um, majority of them have required master's degrees, or either a bachelor's in meteorology and then four or three plus years of experience, but. I would just say it probably would just be easier to go and get the master's degree because it would take less time. Right. Um, yeah. <laughs> well, we're so grateful for
0: everything you've told us about your job search and your, um, uh, experience at Jackson state. However, before we go, you always ask our guests one last fun question at the end of our show. And I'd like to ask
2: you, what's your favorite movie? My favorite movie would have to be Home, the Disney movie. Um, that or either Mean Girls. It's tight. Oh, God. I, can, I can rewatch those movies over and over again. So I'm not, I don't think I'm familiar
0: with Home. What is that Disney movie about? Is that a more recent one or is it from a
2: while ago? Um, it came out about 2017 or 2018. It's about basically this big alien and all of, <laughs> all of its big aliens want to take over the United States. But in the middle of it, he meets this girl and their best friends. And now he's trying to run away and the girl is trying to save him. It's a lot. It's a lot going <laughs> on in that movie. But <laughs> I it's suggest that you watch it. It's on yeah. Netflix. <laughs> I mean, you know, the Disney
0: movies are great. One of my favorite ones is, I don't know if you've seen it, but it's called Up um yes actually i don't was it disney or was it the the other the competitor the dreamworks i can't remember i think it might have been disney but i love that and i mean mean girls that is just something that you can watch over (laughs)
1: absolutely
2: (laughs) we have all seen that one it's the best
1: such a quotable movie (laughs) yes
2: oh emma you're so bitch
1: (laughs) (laughs) you go kayla (laughs) Well, thanks so much for joining us, Kayla, and sharing your experiences with us. Thank you for allowing me to. I really appreciate the offer. Well, that's our show for today. Please join us next time, rain or shine. Clear Skies Ahead, conversations about careers in meteorology and beyond is a podcast by the American Meteorological Society. Our show is edited by Peter Trepke. Technical direction is provided by Peter Kilale. Our theme music is composed and performed by Steve Savoy. And the show is hosted by Emma Collins and Kelly Savoy. You can learn more about the show online at www.ametsoc.org forward slash clear skies and you can contact us at skypodcasts at ametsoc.org if you have any feedback or would like to become a future guest.